structures are not serving us well. We need to creatively destroy the ships that brought us here and move into the land of the future with better tools. Tools that keep us safer and healthier, that create more wealth for more people, that foster more intimate and rewarding relationships. We need to leave behind what is not working. We need a modern revolution. We invite here, they are thinking differently, and we'll tell you where you can learn all about them later, after you have listened to them closely. For now, we don't want to impress you with what they have done, we want to impress you with what they have to say. The Modern Revolution will be podcasted. Well, okay, welcome to the Modern Revolution. Here we talk with guests who are multifaceted and they're affecting the world in many positive ways, not just for themselves, but for all of us. And in our podcast, we're not trying to beat you over the head with the resumes of our guests and try to imply that, you know, because they've done these great things in the past, you have to believe everything they say now. Um, We're inviting our guests to speak about their experiences and their intentions first, and we are inviting you to listen closely to them. And should their ideas resonate with you, you can learn much more about them and their work at our show notes that you can find at themodernrevolution.com. So today we actually have two guests. We have Matt Trethewey and Zach Forsyth, and they are our modern revolutionaries. And Zach and Matt, I know, like everybody, you guys have, you know, achieved different things in the past and, you know, you're multifaceted, like all the guests that we um we have here, but I want to ask you to um, try to distill your mission in the world, the work you're doing in the world, um, the problem that you're trying to solve in the world in a, in a phrase, and then I, I want to dive kind of deeply into that. But, but what, if I was going to give my shortest possible elevator pitch to understand what you guys are doing, how should I say it? Well, I think that, uh, I mean, our mission here at the company and just my, you know, my personal approach to everything is I'm just a huge advocate for, you know, personal freedom and personal liberties and, you know, kind of breaking the the shackles of uh, what everybody else in the world and in society wants you to do and carving out your own, your own line. And that, and that's, and that's terrific. And part of like our intention here is to kind of show um, all the, the different ways in which that can be accomplished. And so, um, you know, what I want to dive deep, more deeply into is, like, that's a pretty clear idea of, of um, you know, you're looking to create some freedom. So if you could kind of expand on, like, the problem that you see in the world that you're trying to solve. And, and uh, you know, Matt and Zach, not everybody is going to know who you are. So um, as you get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about, the name of your company, and, and, and let's talk about that too. So so what problem are you trying to solve? Tell us about that. All right, well, I'll jump off with that. I think that, uh, you know, I've been in the uh, in the restaurant and service industry my entire life, and, you know, I spent a lot of time back at, uh, you know, in, in some corporate uh, settings and things like that. And, you know, just as, uh, as an individual, I just grew really, really tired of just complacency and of cookie cutter and, you know, following the same mold all the time and, and things of that nature. And I think that what we've tried to accomplish here is, um, you know, I built a brand 
that is different and unique than anything else out there. Uh, we play by our own rules. Uh, we don't really make too many apologies about what we do and how we do it. And so I think that what that does is it gives us a stage and a platform to, you know, to speak our mind and to show other people that, you know, you don't necessarily have to conform and fit into this little cookie cutter box because look at those guys over at BRI. Look how, look what they're doing. Look how they're, you know, either, you know, rattling the can or, you know, uh, shaking things up and, and doing things just a little differently and a little out of the, out of the norm. So, to me, it's it's like it's like having that freedom uh, to not be confined um, and to show other people that you know you don't necessarily have to follow uh, that that line that's been drawn by everybody and you can you can be an individual and you can think freely and you can apply those ideas uh, and some of that magic into what you do and you know just really really embrace it. And so, Zach, why don't you tell us what BRI uh, stands for? And then let's talk a little bit about um, the nature of this restaurant before we move into some of the other philosophical issues that I want to uh, queue up for you guys. But um, at this juncture, I think uh, I want to make sure the people who are listening kind of see what platform you're using to accomplish uh, what I consider to be really important goals. Most definitely, man. Um, so BRI stands for the Beer Research Institute. Uh, we're a brew pub locally in Mesa, and uh, basically what we're doing, man, is we're just we're creating experiences for guests. We're making amazing beers, uh, high quality food, and we also have a, a high standard to our customer service. Um, and we use locally sourced ingredients as much as we can. We always are bending the envelope on new creative styles of beer, um, creative daily specials on food. Um, basically, what we're wanting to do is just create a different experience for our, not only our customers, but uh, our employees as well. Uh, we have a very low turnover rate um, with our employees, and I think that's because of the, the culture we've kind of instilled in this company. Um, it's a great place to work to work for. Um, there was an amazing work-life balance. Um, like Matt says, um, that, that whole corporate structure, I've kind of followed that my whole life. Um, and, you know, you do it you just kind of get into it, you know, and a business is a business, you run it, uh, this is how you do it, um, this is why you do it. Uh, basically, the piece of paper is telling you what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, so it kind of eliminates your voice. And, uh, you know, I think that's a terrible freedom to be taken away from. Uh, so we want to give people their voice. We want to make them do what they, what they want to do. They want, you know, have a better sense of well-being, um, feel good about what they're doing, like they're giving in. Um, because if you have a great um, employees, you're going to give a great experience to customers. Um, and that's thing that's a huge thing that's in the customer service industry that's not being focused on is the customer. They're the only reason why we're in this business. Um, so you have to take care of that customer and give them a great experience. Um, so we, we do that in several different facets. Um, and one of those is just letting our employees be employees. Uh, we don't make them do a motto or any gimmicks. Um, we're very personable. We're a family. Um, we just want them to feel involved with our company. Uh, let them know that they are an individual and they are a part of our family and show appreciation for them. So they, they can take that. And, you know, at the end of the day, the best thing that I, I, I take away from everything is knowing that I can help um, mold my employees and become bigger and better, whether or not that's with the company or 10 years on the line doing something else. Um, that's something that I personally uh, take away from that, and I love that. Um, and then on the customer side of things, man, that customer serious or that customer experience is just – it's so much different. You know, I, I, I hate going to food chains. Like it's just the same thing in and out. Um, they, they wear these shirts that say, I love my job or this or that. 
Um, they say the same gimmick over and over. Um, they kind of just throw a gift card at you if something's wrong. Um, and that's not what we want to do here. We want to table touch. We want to talk to the customers. We have an awesome regular base. People come in here. We, I know probably 100 customers by their first name, know about their wives, their lives, um, what they do, uh, what they're trying to do. Like it's just trying to put that, that voice back into people and that face back in humanity to where, you know, we do care. We're not just trying to collect a paycheck. Um, we're trying to change, the, you know, that customer service industry for the better. Yeah, and I think just to just to piggyback on that too, I think that one of the things that makes that really work for us is that we create that environment of freedom, where you know we don't we don't necessarily try to find somebody and then train them to our standards. We try to hire the people that already come to the door with our standards, uh, people that want to serve uh, legitimately. Uh, and by serve, I don't mean uh, just running a drink or running food to a table uh, that is the, you know, the traditional perception of customer service. What I mean by serve is uh, when we have guests that walk into our, our brewery, like it's like walking into my house. So, so now you're, you're in my house and I want to be hospitable. I want to make sure that, you know, you have a great experience here. So when we do our hiring, we vet our employees extremely thoroughly and we don't just let anybody uh, come in and, that's not even necessarily my standard. Uh, that's uh, uh, the team that, that already works here. If you know, if you don't wake up in the morning and piss excellence and come in here and uh, you know want to be in that service-minded environment and take care of people, uh, my employees are going to spit you out. You don't need to worry about me. Uh, they're they're going to vet you out really quick, and it's not going to work. So um, by having that natural, uh, uh, you know, to uh, Zach's point, the culture that's here. Um, we, we don't hire and train so much. We just make sure that we hire the right people that are, that are of that mindset. So, I mean, I think what attracted me to bringing you guys on here, I mean, you're, you're telling the listeners, I think in, in, in a great sort of detail. And what, what my experience was in my introduction to, um, you know, the Beer Research Institute, which when we say Mesa, we mean Mesa, Arizona, for those of you who are not uh, in Arizona, is that um, you come into the restaurant and underpinning the experience, you can, I always feel like I can tell the values of an organization as I, as I have my first um, experience there. And so you may not know exactly what it is, but you know whether you like it or you don't. So it has an immediate sort of welcoming feel to it. And when, when I link those values of freedom, I mean, what I, what I have heard in, you know, in our conversations is that we're talking about freedom from being forced into something. So when you work with local sourcers, you're working with smaller folks that you have immediate relationships, smaller businesses that you have immediate relationships with. And, you know, in those relationships, there's a lot of nimbleness is what it sounded like. And so what, what you need, you could get. And then, you know, as you express sort of the, the, the culture of the Beer Research Institute, freedom in, in what I'm hearing is that you're allowing the people who share your values to come in and express themselves um, as themselves. So they're, you're creating an environment for the folks that may not fit into uh, a corporate culture that insists there's only one way to do things. As long as they follow your values, sounds like you're looking for people that can, um, you know, that can support what you're looking to do, but with their own individual voice. And, and because I'm not sure that everybody would link 
a place like the Beer Institute as a bastion of freedom, uh, you, you know, as something that's supporting such a big idea. In my mind, um, it, it is because people's work lives comprise such a, a big part of their entire life, um, how you shape uh, those experiences as an employer for those folks is important. And so I'm curious if, if, if this came to you uh, like in a flash, did you guys like have a moment of clarity? Like, look, I've worked at these big corporate environments and I don't like them. And so I need to create something different or was it incremental? Like you had job after job that might not have been what you wanted. And over time you developed this idea like, well, if I could do my own company and create my own thing, the, the principles that would underlie, underlie it would be, you know, freedom of expression, come be yourself, uh, freedom, be a service to other people, those other things that, so was it a flash of uh, like an epiphany or was it incremental over time? So I, I think that, you know, if you, if you, if you look at the BRI, uh, the BRI and what it represents, and if you get to know me, um, you know, I mean, it's a fire that burns pretty hot, right? And, it, you know, it certainly doesn't happen, you know, just at a snap of a finger. Uh, it certainly wasn't like an epiphany. It was, it was a really slow burn. So, you know, I find uh, in my younger career that, uh, you know, there was two different people. There was, there was work, Matt, uh, no question. I had to toe the line and, and do the things for the company and uh, restrict my, you know, my thought process and, and my speech and uh, the way I handled things to, to fit in with those guidelines. And then, and then there was just Matt at the end of the day, right? And I didn't really like having work, Matt, and Matt. I just want to be Matt. Right. I just want to be me. I want to be free. Uh, I want to express myself freely and um, like uh, live and die by my decisions. Right. Sometimes they're great and other times they're horrible and I'll own either one of those. So, you know, you, you start out in that corporate environment and then, uh, you know, you find another company that that aligns its its values a little closer to yours and you know you make a jump and you find a lot more comfort but but still you're you're in this place where you know it's still not quite you and so uh, you know I, I started my first company at, at 28 I'm 44 now I've, I've, I've done this a couple times and uh, you know each time I got a little closer and a little closer to just being able to be me every day and I think that that's really what resonates here at, at, at the BRI is that, you know, I created this company um, from, from several chains of ideas that uh, all came in that could be a reflection of, of who I am and, you know, a reflection of my soul, my heartbeat, uh, what it is that uh, I want to give back to, you know, not only our, our, our workforce, but, you know, the, the customers that come in and my local community. So it, it was definitely a slow burn, but uh, I think the core of the whole thing was, uh, I want this to be my, like, this is, this is going to evolve into my active retirement. This is the last thing I really want to do uh, full-time uh, with my career. And I wanted it to be something that uh, was reflective of, of what my true values were every day. And I think we got pretty darn close to nailing it. Well, that, I mean, there, the young Matt that we talked about uh, just a minute or so ago, where, um, the pressures of the necessities of our life, right? We, even at a young age, we have our bills and we have to be responsible to the economics of our life. Otherwise, you know, we never leave the house and we don't really get a chance to sure. um, grow into who we are. And yet there's 
attention sometimes. Um, I think there are other young mats out there, and some of them might listen to this, that are experiencing something similar where um, they they have responsibilities and they, they're responsible people, so they don't want to jump into something before they're ready or jump into something that uh, would jeopardize you know, would turn their responsibilities into having to pay off all kinds of massive debts because it didn't go well. And yet um, they also, I think, need encouragement to figure out how to work their way into the older mat, who this was a progression. And so when you think about the status quo of the typical path that people have to follow where, you know, they may have to enter into, um, they may feel that they have to enter into environments that don't really connect with their soul and their heart. Like, what are the what are the forces that you perceive that keep people from? Some people never get to be the older Matt. They stay stuck in those environments. So I'm curious about your perspective on what are the forces that keep people from breaking out and moving towards the the direction that you ultimately did. You know, I I I try to. I try to live in a world where I oversimplify everything because uh, I think once you start, uh, you know, overcomplicating things, they, they just get complicated. And uh, there's not a lot of sense in that and there's not a lot of productivity in that. So I think to answer that question, I think it's twofold. Uh, and I think that there are two big uh, problems with society in general, uh, which kind of leads me back to the, you know, the core statement of general freedom uh, and individual freedom. And the, the first and the foremost thing that blocks people from rising up and, and uh, you know, searching out their dream and executing it is fear. Uh, no question about it. And we've got fear coming at us from every single direction in life, from, from rejection to social pressures, uh, to relationships, to work performance, uh, to the stresses that you mentioned about, you know, being able to pay your bills and, you know, get ahead of, in, in life a little bit. And, you know, those are all very, <laughs> very real societal pressures that are, um, that are orchestrated. Uh, most of them are. Uh, some of them are natural, but a lot of them are orchestrated. Uh, and I think that with that m amount of fear that people carry around, uh, uh, fear of, 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 you know, just failing or feel, fear of potential regret down the road, um, it starts to shift and morph. Um, and I don't think it completely changes. I think that fear always kind of stays there, but it, it morphs into apathy as well. And apathy is probably even more dangerous than fear because fear at least is a base emotion. Um, fear is, you know, our, our natural response to, to threats, you know, it's fight or flight. So fears, fear can be extremely healthy because it can be one hell of a motivator. Uh, apathy is just disgusting. Uh, and a lot of people just get stuck in that because of so much fear and it's so overwhelming that they become uh, apathetic and they don't even want to try anymore. And so then they, they kind of have that self-reflection of, well, you know, this is just the way it is. And, you know, my dad worked an assembly line for 35 years and hated every day of it. But you know what? He put food on the table. Maybe that's what I need to do. And that apathy kicks in. And, and I just think that, you know, once that sits in, it's, that's a tough one to kick. You can kick fear uh, and you can get inspired and rise up out of fear. Uh, it's very difficult for humans to rise up out of apathy. Something very, uh, very strong has to happen to force that. Um, but, you know, it's a, uh, you know, this is an evolution. Like, you know, you talk about young Matt and, uh, you know, I had, to, I had to climb that ladder and not just the corporate ladder, but just the ladder of life. Uh, you learn through your experiences. 
you, you learn a tremendous amount from your failures. And uh, maybe it's just in my DNA or my wiring, but I'm, I'm not afraid to fail. Um, there's not too many things I'm actually afraid of. So when you have that mindset and that wiring, um, well, then you can just do whatever you want. And you know what? Everything's going to wind up okay. Uh, you're still going to be alive. Things are going to work out. You can always make more money. You can build another brand. You can, you can go to work at, you know, Starbucks if you, if you have to, and you got to pay the bills. Like, you can do – you can always rebound. But you've uh, – for me anyways, like, you've just got to be able to, you know, take that shot and kind of push that fear aside and never let apathy set in. So, I mean, the question that I always like to follow up on that is sort of what assumptions are you challenging when you say, hey, I've built um, in, in, the, in, BRI, in BRI and the Beer Research Institute, which is, you know, this, this company in my corner of the world, I've built this thing that reflects my value and I found my values and I found other people who are um, in line with me. Um, when you're encouraging people to flourish within the context that you uh, set, I mean, um, if you were to give advice to young Matt's that you don't want to slide into um, apathy, I uh, like is the assumption that they have that the success that you've had isn't possible for them. Like, what's what's keeping them from moving? past it because you talk about fear and then fear ultimately being translated into apathy uh, there has to be something keeping them from breaking through so it seems to me that you had an assumption that it was possible like it might not be easy and you might not get it right but it was possible but For what sure. are the assumptions you know that that folks that might not make it there what do, what do they assume that they should that they, perhaps they have wrong thinking that they need to have different assumptions well, I, I think that there's there's probably a couple points on this because one is that clearly everybody's wired differently, okay? And not everybody is meant to uh, or wired to own a business. Uh, not everybody is, is wired to um, put in the, the time and grind it out uh, like a lot of successful people do. And so that's that's okay. That, that's fine. It's not for everyone. And I think that that's where, you know, I can circle back to, you know, personal uh, individuality and, and say that, you know, uh, there, there is a certain point that, you know, uh, I had to make the realization it wasn't hard to do, but I had to make the realization that I wasn't going to be a brain surgeon. <laughs> I'm not uh, not very adept in school. I you know it wasn't a great environment for me, and uh, I I knew that that's something that I didn't want to pursue, and that if I did want to pursue that, it would be extremely challenging. So I think that like you know having a, a good self reflection and know what your what your actual limits are and where you can push them and how you can bend them that's super important. Um, but to answer the question directly, I think it's you know it's a it's a, a general lack of personal uh, respond, responsibility and accountability. Uh, I think that's what trips most people up because they don't own their yeah. actions. They don't own their thoughts. They don't own their words. And it's, it's always somebody else's fault or it's always circumstantial or it's, it's, I can't do this because of that. And I always, you know, I've always said, and, you know, I use this in my mentoring with, with, you know, my team here and with other individuals in the community is that, you know, and you've got to look really hard in the mirror before you ever start talking like that because the person in the mirror is not going to lie to you. Uh, and you see that person at least once a day when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, and they're never going to bullshit you. 
Um, they might on the surface. Uh, they might try to, you know, you might try to fool yourself a little bit, but deep down inside, you always know what the truth is. You always know if you're working hard enough. You always know if you're hustling. You always know if you're bringing your A game every day. And, you know, you can only lie to yourself so many times. So I think that just that general lack of personal accountability and responsibility is probably the biggest challenge that most people run into that, that, that feed that fear and that generally, you know, will lead to, uh, that state of apathy as well. So um, I'm curious then from the standpoint of, I mean, what you're describing is that if you haven't owned your own actions, your own thoughts, your own who you are, and you have uh, given in to fear, you could slide into apathy, which is a recipe for being you know, miserable for long periods of time and some people perhaps a lifetime. What What is it that... Um, why don't people recognize that as, as a very serious problem? Like, why do they see the lack of self-awareness as less serious as it is? I mean, part of what I think I heard was that they might see it as less serious as it is because it's hard, <laughs> you know, like it's not easy. It, it's, it's, it's extremely challenging and it's, uh, you know, it's game changing moments in life when you, when you actually become honest with yourself, when you know who you are uh, and you know what you do and, and you, and you decide that you want to own that. That's a very difficult thing for that. And I'm not a psychiatrist. So I, you know, I, I don't know if I can even unravel that and, and what that is in human nature. Um, but the reality is that, you know, a lot of people look outwards instead of inwards. Uh, they look outwards for solution and they look outwards for blame. Uh, and, and instead of just looking in and, you know, believing in yourself and holding yourself accountable. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, it, when I was younger, it was extremely frustrating to see that in people. And as I've gotten older, I've just come to the realization that, like I said, everybody's wired a little differently and not everybody wants to be the, the owner or the CEO of a, of a, of a local brewery. Not, not everybody wants to, you know, be on a fortune 500 company. You know, there's, there's certain people that are just genuinely content with working a 40 hour week and paying their taxes and, and playing their part in the system. And I guess that, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's fine. I'm, I, I've, I've learned that like, I need to be okay with that and not want more out of people than they want for themselves. Um, but it's, you know, there's certain people out there that don't want that end game and don't know how to break the chains and get out of it. And I think that those people are the ones that, you know, I really want to grow and flourish. And, you know, hopefully if, you know, if, if any of my words inspire anybody today to, to do that, then that's fantastic. Uh, but you're never going to find that answer in somebody else. That answer's in you. And if you don't dig for it and, and be honest and hold yourself accountable, uh, then you're just going to work a 40-hour job, pay your taxes, and bitch about your life for the rest of your life. Uh, we got a barker in the house. Sorry, guys, if you can hear that. Hey, it's okay. Uh, we we're, we're both we're we're both a huge doggo fan, so we're good. <laughs> so Zach, I'm going to turn the next question um, to you because I know from a values perspective and the things that that Matt's telling us about that you got your you know, in alignment with that. Otherwise you wouldn't, you wouldn't be there. And mm -hmm. um, I, the question that I want to ask you is when we talk about that journey from not being self-aware to being self-aware, and you talk about the journey from being afraid to being at least less afraid. I mean, maybe fear never mm -hmm. evaporates, but um, 
if you're a person listening right now and you're thinking, well, I want to be that person, um, but I'm not exactly sure what I would do, could you talk about like the behavioral change that a person uh, could make that would end up aligning them with what you guys are talking about? Yeah, so you know, I can use I use myself as a as a huge example for that. Um, I definitely grew up, um, you know, with what I thought my family wanted me to do, with what I thought my girlfriend at the time wanted me to do, what I thought I should have done, um, and I, you know, I never really listened to my own thoughts. It was always other people because you know I feel that as a society um, we we want. Uh, somebody else to tell us what we should be doing um, ever since we're born. You know, you, you have your, uh, your parents telling you what you think, what they want you to be. Uh, so you have all these, all these shells and shackles just, just thrown on you right when you, right when you come out of the gate, you know, and I think it's a horrible thing um, because it never really lets you be a free thinker and kind of like do what you truly want to do. You always, society tells you what you want to do. You know, you always want to do that day in, day out, uh, earn a paycheck. Uh, don't take chances. You let fear drive you. Um, so I kind of, you know, I went through my life, uh, went to culinary school, ended up dropping out of culinary school because um, I hated it. Um, still love the, the industry, the passion. Um, still drove, you know, drove me really, really intensely, but um, it was just something I just didn't feel right, right? So I was super afraid to do that. I was afraid of uh, family being like, why did you drop out of college? Uh, friends being like, why why did you drop out of college? You know, you, you get all these opinions on you that that aren't you know they don't know what you're what you're doing unless you've uh walked in somebody else's shoes so uh, i was very afraid to do that um it's probably one of the best decisions of my life uh because after that um i got into some corporations and uh it did it, I, I earned a paycheck day in day out um still thought um i was doing what i wanted to do uh but in actuality i was still living somebody else's life you know and i knew on the inside finally that i had to make a change um, so I stopped letting uh, fear drive me, and I wanted to use fear as a as a as a as a fuel. Um, I wanted to live my life and work to where I I love what I'm doing. I want to be in a career. I don't want to be in a job. I don't want to just do 40 hours and clock in, clock out. Um, so I took a chance. Um, I was with a corporate. I was with a corporation for a while, um, and I literally was going to a brew pub um, on one of my days off, and it just so happened to be the Beer Research Institute. Uh, my first time uh, seeing them, I came in, um, staff was awesome, um, the food was amazing, the beers were cool, and I just saw this, this culture that was there, and it, it, it felt, like I felt it, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, uh, you don't know until you actually, until it happens to you, but you just feel this, this sense of, you know, I'm at home, um, it's my home away from home, you know, it's just really cool, um, so, you know, it sounds like one of those crazy stories, but I literally, um, quit my job as um, assistant general manager to work on the line um, in their kitchen because the only spot they had. Um, I knew it's a small company. It's local. I know my skills, my high drive. I can use that as fuel. Uh, I can do what I want and kind of make my voice in this company heard. And sure enough, man, I worked my way up to where I'm at now uh, for being 30 years old, general manager of a company. Um, we're doing awesome. I just, that's, that's my biggest thing I can give the people is don't be afraid to take chances. Um, don't listen to other people's um, ideas or opinions of what they should think you should be doing. Do what you want. Let like you have a voice. Um, us as individuals um, is the biggest freedom that we have is 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 to like let that voice be heard um, and not be snuffed out. You know, you know, as, as individuals, uh, you can you can be broken individually, but as as a team together, as a society, man, 
we can just break barriers and just do so much. And that's why I love this company because we're in a craft beer revolution. Uh, we're showing people that beers can be made better, uh, high quality ingredients. We don't have to use the same old stuff that's been kind of shoved down our throats for the last 20, 30 years. Um, and that just, that just resonates with me as a, as a human being. So when you know we talk about like a, a small movement, right? Like a small movement in the direction of bravery, like you you did, and it's a pretty brave moment to go from being you know general manager manager of, of something down to being on the line at a at a small place. I mean that's a that's a um, an epic leap, uh, particularly as a you know relatively young man. And when I listen to what you just said, I mean in terms of breaking it down into something less intimidating um, to do. I mean, one of, what I, one of the things I think I heard you say was just paying attention to yourself, knowing what you like, like just being able to identify, I, I, you know, I'm not sure that everybody um, takes that careful introspective look uh, to begin with, like, well, what makes you happy? Where, you know, they use that term, Joseph Campbell used to talk about follow your bliss. Um, if you don't know what yep. your bliss is, you don't know what to follow. Um, well, what I want to do with kind of the remaining um, part of our time is to talk a little more specifically about um, BRI, Beer Research Institute, and to give people a chance to hear a little more specifically about your company. So, if you, I mean, I know you guys have a lot of um, accomplishments as it relates to what you have built and are in the process of building. But could you describe one accomplishment or award or, you know, emblem of your success that you would want people to associate with you? What What's something that we could pull out that we'd like, hey, this is a cool thing we did and you would want people to know about? All right, Zach, you, I'll take that one? Yeah, go ahead and take that one. Okay. So I what the coolest thing to me about what we've done here, and again, it, it being a reflection of, of what I wanted to create, is that we've – you know, we, we started with nothing. We, we had no brand. We had no brick and mortar. We had no commercial beers. We had no commercial food. We had nothing. And then we create this idea and we flush it out and we build this thing. And, and, and the brand is so much bigger than, than I am now. And it's bigger than Zach is. It's bigger than my partners and, and then even us as a collective, right? But what we've created is that we've created somebody's favorite place. Uh, their third place. That's not, you know, and I'm sure you've read some uh, Howard Schultz books and, you know, that beginning of, uh, you know, the Starbucks uh, brand, uh, fascinating story. And, you know, the genesis of that uh, is, is creating that third place. It's not your home in your home life. It's not work and all your colleagues. It's that third place that you go. It's your safe place. It's where everybody knows your name. I know it's a little cheesy, cheersy, um, but like it's that place where you just feel comfortable and it's your favorite place. It's a place that you go back to over and over and over again. Uh, it's the place where anytime friends or family are in from out of town, that's the first place you take them. It's the place where, you know, the, the boys or the girls call you up and say, hey, let's go out and do something tonight. Cool. Let's start at BRI. We, we've been able to create something from nothing that is now somebody's favorite place, and it's their favorite beer, and they've got a favorite sandwich uh, 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 or a, a menu item. And that didn't exist four and a half years ago. 
Um, so we've been able to make an impact on certain people's lives, whether it's just a little break in the action um, and they get to decompress a little bit in, in, a, in a really uh, open-minded place and, uh, you know, have conversations and, and, you know, meet with people and discuss things that you can't discuss at the dinner table, whatever, whatever that is. We've just created that place for people. And that's something that when we were building this brand and when we were coming up with the concept of it, uh, that was, I mean, that was always part of the equation is, is creating a cool place, but seeing it in action and seeing how it actually resonates with people, man, that's so cool. And, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly wasn't just off of a, uh, off of a business plan. Uh, it's about the way we walk and talk every day. It's about what we bring to the table and like our actions and our vibe and, the energy at BRI, that's what creates that. And none of that came off of the business plan. That's just all so, organic. Yeah, I love that. And, and part of, you know, my intention with bringing people from, you know, really different backgrounds, uh, like we have Deborah Freeze was on here who runs a social impact um, fund way back east with, you know, enormous sums of money that she kind of allocates to people locally. And then, you know, trying to, describe to people the various ways that um, you can come into your own. You can build something that is different than the past and is reflective of your sort of unique voice. And with regards to the unique voice, I'm going to move towards the end of this, but I thought it might be fun for people to hear some of the menu items because your choices of naming them are um, unique, I would say. So do you want to tell some <laughs> folks about like what's on the menu? Cause it's uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll talk about a couple of things uh, that I think uh, are attention getters for sure. And we do, we, you know, we take a lot of time and creativity uh, into uh, the naming of our brands and that's what, you know, each individual product is its own brand. Uh, and they all, you know, they all fall under the same uh, BRI flag, but they also stand alone as well. And I think that to be relevant in, you know, today's market, uh, you know, people are very consumer uh, driven and very material driven. And so they want to have a, uh, you know, they want to have something that they can connect with. And so a lot of times, like, you know, we'll use a lot of pop culture references. Uh, sometimes, you know, we'll just uh, make some words up and put them together and uh, it, it just works. And people say, what's that? And, you know, we say, don't worry about it. It's nothing, <laughs> you know, and, you know, there's not necessarily a, uh uh, a pattern there, but, you know, we've got, we've got beers like top secret battle monkey, uh, that, you know, that, that was a big aggressive, uh, double West coast IPA. It needed to have a, a big aggressive name. It needed to, you know, kind of shout from the rooftops. Um, morning sex, our coffee, sweet stout. It, it tastes like cold brew coffee with, with cream in it. Uh, I, there no, no better way I like waking up than the morning sex. So, you know, I just thought that that was a great, you know, with the coffee tie in, I thought it was a great name for that beer. Uh, some of our, you know, menu items on the food, you know, we call our sandwiches Sandos and that's not to be hip. It's just like, that's what I've always called a sandwich. So that's not even really, you know, marketing, uh, per se. It's just like, that's our, you know, that's our, our words. We, we want to reflect who we are and we're not trying to, you know, be something that we're not. Uh, we've got, you know, some other beers, uh, you know, our Belgian triple is called danger noodle. It's a dangerous beer. 
Uh, why is it called Danger Noodle? Because I saw a funny meme on the internet one day, and it was a Cobra with the top hat, and it said Danger Noodle on it. I thought, that's a great name for a beer. So, you know, we, we go around, we, you know, we, we definitely pick some things out of pop culture. Uh, we've got a, a Belgian quad with figs that we named Cyril Figgis from the uh, Archer cartoon. Uh, there's there's just some you know there's some really low hanging fruit out there in terms of you know great branding ideas, and do any of those fit into uh, the Beer Research Institute um, the brand? Not at all, but they all definitely fit into our our attitude in the way we approach everything in the way we handle our business. Yeah, and what you know when I when I looked at those names, I mean first of all they have a great sort of sense of humor uh, to them and, and they, they're they also thoughtfully chosen so they're not meant as just shock value um, but they're, they're, they're meant to, in my opinion as a consumer of what you offer, uh, it's a way to, to express yourself as you said in the beginning like to be free, so to experience somebody else's personal sensibilities um, and not be boring, but I also know that that's a risk as someone who does uh, you know, a lot of writing and I have more than one podcast. And I know when you put yourself out there, it's always a risk because some people be in, 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 in tune with you and other people not so much. And in today's world, the people who are not so much uh, in tune with you sometimes <clears throat> can have a really, you know, they can have a loud voice, right? Yeah, it can. And, you know, I mean, like on that note, though, like we like every year we do an annual brew and we launch it on tax day. Uh, We launch it on April 15th and it's called taxation is theft. And uh, like I'm a huge advocate of reforming all of our tax laws. And I genuinely fully believe that uh, taxes are are stolen from us through uh, threats of violence and and, and imprisonment, Uh, potentially even death if you uh, if you don't. Uh, bow down to those uh, uh, very heavy-handed advancements. So, you know, we launch beer every year, and there's one coming up here in uh, the next month, and it's called Taxation is Theft. We don't charge any sales tax on that to our customers. We pay the sales tax because you, you can't not pay the tax, man. Um, but we say, hey, you know what? You just you just had to file your taxes. You probably paid in more than you think you should. Definitely paid in more than I think you should. And so I'm going to give you just a little bit of tax relief. I'll 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 cover that bill. Um, I'll cover that bill on the tax, and it's not much. It's a gesture. Um, but, again, using that beer to help people even spark a conversation uh, about how our tax dollars are stolen and how they're misappropriated and definitely misused in this country, uh, how those tax dollars are being used to drop bombs on kids in foreign countries and you know bail uh, uh, giant mega corporate structures out of failure. Uh, I mean, that is just – that's straight robbery. So again, like using my voice to uh, help even get somebody to discuss it, whether it's positive or negative, whether they agree with it or not, but just to plant that seed for conversation through our beer and through our brand, that's something that's super important to me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's part of why I was excited to have you guys on is that uh, in, you know, a local brew pub with a place that's serving top, secret battle monkey underneath all this is a lot of thoughtful uh, intention and it it, the place is shaped not because it comes out of a cookie cutter and it's not shaped out of somebody sort of superficially um, developing a menu an experience for their employees and experience for their customers 
And so to kind of move to the conclusion, um, and the last part of this podcast probably was fodder for 20 podcasts, given <laughs> what you said, which is kind of fun. But, but nonetheless, I want to keep to my time commitment. Uh, some people are going to hear this and they're going to want to know more about you guys. So we're going to put show notes at themodernrevolution.com. But where would you direct people that want to know more about you? I think the 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 most information and activity, uh, as much as it hurts it hurts my heart a little bit, is probably going to be through our Facebook channel. Um, but there's a wealth of information in terms of company background, and you know our 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 punk rock attitude and our approach to business on our website as well. Uh, so we're at the Beer Research Institute on Facebook, and we're at www.bri.beer on the internet uh, for our webpage. But we're we're using uh, you know several social channels out there from Instagram to Twitter as well, and there's uh, I mean Google has a enormous uh, cache of uh, not only great pictures but also great information and reviews uh, on our company. So there there's definitely a ton of information out there. the The best place to get information uh, about our company is to uh, you know get off your couch, get in your car and drive down to the Beer Research Institute, that's where you're going to feel it. That's where you're going to see it. And, you know, you can, you can talk about it all day. You can put, uh, you know, information on our website, and that's just a little tiny glimpse, just a little sliver, because uh, as we all know, uh, everybody's got the attention span of a mosquito now. Uh, so, you know, actually diving through all that information is damn near impossible at this point. Uh, but where you really feel it and where you're really going to get the understanding and, and have it sink in and connect with your soul is when you walk in and you sit at the bar with some friends and you have a pint and you talk about all those things that you're not supposed to talk about at dinner. Well, that, uh, and with good fortune, you know, our uh, audience is actually international. And as we publish this, uh, you're going to, your story is going to be um, told all throughout the world, which is kind of, fun. And um, so some of our folks may need to get on a plane and come see you. One of the reasons why I think it's important for folks that may not ever get a chance to come to Mesa, Arizona and experience, you know, BRI is that, um, you know, I think it's important to hold this up as an example. If you're in that stage where you're maybe afraid of expressing yourself to go and look at a model of something that moved from, hey, what is it, you know, Zach talks about what is it that I want? Identifying that. Well, the assumption of could I actually have that or am I too afraid to move in that direction or not? To then ultimately expressing yourself. There may be people out there who are in the process of identifying it, maybe in the process of getting over fear. And I think you guys are a good example of folks that have brought into fruition uh, something that maybe Maybe there was a time earlier in your life if the older Matt and Zach went to the younger Matt and Zach and said, this is going to happen, you might be like, oh, I don't know, man. That's, you know, that would be <laughs> Buckle up, kid. Buckle yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get ready. Well, listen, you guys, I'm going to draw this to a conclusion here. I'm going to take us out with a little bit of uh, a text. But um, I want to say thank you for, you know, all the great work you've done. Thank you for being open today. And, uh, you know, everybody that we're associated with, themodernrevolution.com and A Well-Run Life and Grace Farms, um, we're all uh, rooting for your continued uh, prosperity and success. So thank you both. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. I'm uh, really excited to be on the show, and I like uh, I, I love the format and what you're trying to accomplish here because uh, it's not the typical approach. And uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Well, Likewise, well thank you guys modern, so much. Yeah, Zach, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. Well, today's modern revolutionaries, Matt and Zach, are, they're moving us forward. And like others we've talked to, they're clear-eyed about our current situation and brave enough to bring their thoughts and words and actions to the arena. You know, let them inspire you to bring your ideas into the world. Don't keep them locked away. The modern revolution needs us all. The show notes for this show and all our shows can be found at themodernrevolution.com. So please go there where you can check out the show notes and learn more about our guests and see some of our fun videos like Tell Big Soda to Piss Off. The Modern Revolution is a production of A Well-Run Life. In A Well-Run Life, we have an additional podcast by the same name, A Well-Run Life, and it's three minutes long. And should you be interested in some of our additional ideas, Peter Dealey, myself, I have a book called The Leadership Miracle, and it's 35 minutes, and it's on audible.com for $3.95, so you can check us out there as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next episode. This podcast sounds a little bit better on the podcast player, CastBox. In fact, I think of it as Podcast Bliss. They've been a great supporter of ours through this podcast and our other podcast, A Well-Run Life. And so if you haven't checked out CastBox, we encourage you to do it today.